0: Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 19 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. July 21. This morning, I was greatly oppressed with guilt and shame from a sense of inward vileness and Pollution. About nine withdrew to the woods for prayer, but had not much comfort. I appeared to myself, the vilest, meanest creature upon earth, and could scarcely live with myself. So mean and vile I appeared that I thought I should never be able to hold up my face in heaven if God of his infinite grace, should bring me thither. Toward night, my burden respecting my work among the Indians began to increase much and was aggravated by hearing sundry things which looked very discouraging, in particular that they intended to meet together the next day for an idolatrous feast and dance. Then I began to be in anguish. I thought that I must in conscience go and endeavor to break them up, yet knew not how to attempt such a thing. However, I withdrew for prayer, hoping for strength from above. In prayer, I was exceedingly enlarged and my soul was as much drawn out as I ever remember it to have been in my life. I was in such anguish and pleaded with such earnestness and importunity that when I rose from my knees, I felt extremely weak and overcome. I could scarcely walk straight. My joints were loosed. The sweat ran down my face and body, and nature seemed as if it would dissolve. So far as I could judge, I was wholly free from selfish ends in my fervent supplications, for the poor Indians. I knew that they were met together to worship devils and not God. And this made me cry earnestly that God would now appear and help me in my attempts to break up this idolatrous meeting. My soul pleaded long, and I thought that God would hear and would go with me to vindicate his own cause. I seemed to confide in God for his presence and assistance. And thus, I spent the evening praying incessantly for divine assistance and that I might not be self-dependent but still have my whole dependence upon God. What I passed through was remarkable and indeed inexpressible. All things here below vanished and there appeared to be nothing of any considerable importance to me but holiness of heart and life and the conversion of the heathen to God. All my cares, fears, and desires, which might be said to be of a worldly nature, disappeared and were in my esteem of little more importance than a puff of wind I exceedingly longed that God would get to himself a name among the heathen, and I appealed to him with the greatest freedom that he knew I preferred him above my chief joy. Indeed, I had no notion of joy from this world. I cared not where or how I lived or what hardships I went through so that I could but gain souls to Christ. I continued in this frame all the evening and night. While I was asleep, I dreamed of these things, and when I waked, as I frequently did, the first thing I thought of was this great work of pleading for God against Satan. Lord's Day, July 22 When I waked, my soul was burdened with what seemed to be before me, I cried to God before I could get out of my bed, and as soon as I was dressed, I withdrew into the woods to pour out my burdened soul to God, especially for assistance in my great work, for I could scarcely think of anything else. I enjoyed the same freedom and fervency as the last evening, and did, with unspeakable freedom, give up myself afresh to God for life or death for all hardships to which he should call me among the heathen, and felt as if nothing could discourage me from this blessed work. I had a strong hope that God would bow the heavens and come down and do some marvelous work among the heathen. While I was riding to the Indians three miles, my heart was continually going up to God for his presence and assistance, and hoping and almost expecting that God would make this day of his power and grace amongst the poor Indians. When I came to them, I found them engaged in their frolic. But through divine goodness, I persuaded them to desist and attend to my preaching. Yet still there appeared nothing of the special power of God among them. Preached again to them in the afternoon and observed the Indians were more sober than before, but still saw nothing special among them. Hence, Satan took occasion to tempt and buffet me with these cursed suggestions. There is no God, or if there be, he is not able to convert the Indians before they have more knowledge, etc. I was very weak and weary, and my soul borne down with perplexity but was mortified to all the world and was determined still to wait upon God for the conversion of the heathen, though the devil tempted me to the contrary. July 24. Rode about 17 miles westward over a hideous mountain to a number of Indians, got together nearly 30 of them, preached to them in the evening and lodged among them, was weak and felt in some degree disconsolate, yet could have no freedom in the thought of any other circumstances or business in life. All my desire was the conversion of the heathen, and all my hope was in God. God does not suffer me to please or comfort myself with hopes of seeing friends, returning to my dear acquaintance, and enjoying worldly comforts. Lord's Day, August 5, though very weak, I visited and preached to the poor Indians twice and was strengthened vastly beyond my expectations. Indeed, the Lord gave me some freedom and fervency in addressing them, though I had not strength enough to stand, but was obliged to sit down the whole time. Toward night was extremely weak, faint sick and full of pain. I seem to myself like a man that has all his estate embarked in one small boat, unhappily going adrift down a swift torrent. The poor owner stands on the shore and looks and laments his loss. But alas, though my all seems to be adrift and I stand and see it, I dare not lament For this sinks my spirits more and aggravates my bodily disorders. I am forced, therefore, to divert myself with trifles, although at the same time I am afraid and often feel as if I was guilty of the misimprovement of time. And oftentimes, my conscience is so exercised with this miserable way of spending time that I have no peace though I have no strength of mind or body to improve it to better purpose. Oh, that God would pity my distressed state. The next three weeks, his illness was less severe, and he was in some degree capable of business, both public and private, though he had some turns wherein his indisposition prevailed to a great degree. He had generally also much more inward assistance and strength of mind. He often expresses great longings for the enlargement of Christ's kingdom, especially by the conversion of the heathen to God, and speaks of this hope as all his delight and joy. He continues still to express his usual desires after holiness, living to God, and a sense of his own unworthiness. He several times speaks of his appearing to himself the vilest creature on earth and once says that he verily thought there were none of God's children who fell so far short of that holiness and perfection in their obedience, which God requires as he. He speaks of his feeling more dead than ever to the enjoyments of the world He sometimes mentions the special assistance which he had at this time in preaching to the Indians and the appearances of religious concern among them. He speaks also of assistance in prayer for absent friends and especially ministers and candidates for the ministry and of much comfort which he enjoyed in the company of some ministers who were come to visit him. September 1 was so far strengthened after a season of great weakness that I was able to spend two or three hours in writing on a divine subject, enjoyed some comfort and sweetness in things divine and sacred, and as my bodily strength was in some measure restored, so my soul seemed to be somewhat vigorous and engaged in the things of God. Lord's Day, September 2nd, was enabled to speak to my poor Indians with much concern and fervency, and I am persuaded that God enabled me to exercise faith in him while I was speaking to them. I perceived that some of them were afraid to hearken to and embrace Christianity, lest they should be enchanted and poisoned by some of the powwows. But I was enabled to plead with them not to fear these and confiding in God for safety and deliverance. I bid a challenge to all these powers of darkness to do their worst on me first. I told my people that I was a Christian and asked them why the powwows did not bewitch and poison me. I scarcely ever felt more sensible of my own unworthiness than in this action. I saw that the honor of God was concerned and desired to be preserved, not from selfish views, but for a testimony of the divine power and goodness and of the truth of Christianity and that God might be glorified. Afterward, I found my soul rejoice in God for his assisting grace. After this, he went on a journey into New England and was absent from the place of his abode at the Forks of Delaware about three weeks. He was in a feeble state the greater part of the time, but in the latter of the journey, he found that he gained much in health and strength. This concludes episode 19 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd.